Welcome and thank you for tuning in uh, to Duma Sports uh, today. Big Ten Conference expansion. You know, you go from 14 teams to 18 um, in semi-breaking news. Uh, it's been about a week. Um, but there's still a lot to unfold probably for years to come. So even though we're not right on the ball, I still feel like there is a ton, you know, to break down and just to kind of talk about. So I guess um, handing it to you, Deli, like... What are your initial thoughts? Oh, I think it's great. It's absolutely great for the entire conference, uh, top to bottom, really. These teams coming in, it's going to make the Big Ten more competitive. It's going to set the Big Ten up for success to where now it's really the Big Ten and the SEC. And for a lot of years, I think even people around the country, were like other than the Big Ten you know, facility teams and, and teams that are within the Big Ten, Everyone was like the SEC is the, the tier, right? Like they they were the top, and then the Big Ten was like just right below them, kind of nipping at their heels a little bit. But uh, now we're we're there, right? Um, with these teams coming in, this the, the only thing that this is going to do is help the Big Ten, in my opinion. Uh, for, like I said, from top from top to bottom, it's the Big Ten is going to get more competitive from this. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. Um, there are a couple things. I have some critiques, but we'll kind of wait for that. Uh, but for now, you know, who are these teams? Everyone knows who these teams are, but what are they bringing to the Big Ten? Well, each one brings uh, their own unique identity. And it's it's really fascinating when you break down each one of these teams and what they're going to bring, what, what kind of contributions they're going to do to the conference. Um, obviously, USC and UCLA, they're within their own within their own state in the same state in California and California as a whole for anyone who doesn't know and is listening, they are unbelievably talented at almost everything. Uh, and particularly football right now in the class of 2023, there was three, five stars, 34 star recruits that came out of the state of California. You take half of those and get half of those recruits into the Big Ten, or for those teams solely? into the Big Ten. I okay. mean, yeah. right now yeah. USC can't even get those recruits. It's Georgia and Alabama getting those recruits. If you get even half of those, you're taking a five star, maybe two away from Georgia and Alabama who are getting them right now, and you're bringing them into the Big Ten, making it more competitive. And now we have a foothold to lock down the state of California. With USC, UCLA, we are going to play Big Ten football in that state, show these recruits who is the best conference in the country, not just the SEC and Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, but the Big Ten, we're the powerhouse. Yeah, and I still, you know, we'll uh, break down – I think because now, yeah, you're looking at, at least for football, Big Ten versus SEC. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into that. Um, so you're bringing all this talent. Um, you know, you're hoping if you're a recruit, you know, from over there, you're hoping to get some more uh, mm, exposure, I guess. You get some exposure. You're getting more media coverage because, you know, the Pac-12 network failed. Um, which was why these teams, you know, came over here. Um, and they still don't have a deal, you know, the big four that's left. 
And it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Uh, you know, Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and then Oregon State, right? Those right. four. Uh, we'll, we'll see where, what happens with them. There's talks about them joining the ACC. That fell through pretty quick. They mm-hmm. they don't want them. Mm-hmm. Um, people throughout the Mountain West, I don't think – I don't see Stanford or Cal doing that. I see Stanford going independent. Yeah, they Stanford, got a lot of money. I, th- I think they're going to go independent. I think we both kind of are in agreement on that. Washington State and Oregon State. Now, that's an interesting conversation. Cal, I think, has just been so bad for so long. They've had, like, one – good stretch and that was in the early 2000s when usc just lost p carroll and they had a slightly good stretch right there but other than that they they're gonna struggle i believe to find a conference because they're, they're not really involved too much within any of their sports um stanford independent washington state and oregon state though yeah it'd be interesting that's interesting i could see them going to the big 10 that's the funniest I thing. I don't want I don't want the Big Ten to become a huge, absolute mega conference, but Oregon State and Washington State, it would make sense for them to come to the Big Ten because they both have rivalry, rivalries with Washington and Oregon. And right now they're still protected. They're going to do those in the three-game, three or I think they're going down now with the Big Ten to two non-conference games, possibly. We'll get into that a little bit later, but... Uh, I believe those are still protected rivalries that they're going to attempt to do every year. But I could see them easily. if it, Since they can't join the ACC and the ACC doesn't want anything to do with them, I don't see really where else they would go because the Mountain West itself is such a lower-tier conference compared to what the Pac-12 used to, used to be, and the Pac-12 wasn't even that good. For a long stretch there, and compared definitely to what the Big Ten is now, so yeah, um, I wouldn't want to see him join the Big Ten personally, um, but you know, it evened it out to twenty. Yeah, and I mean that would that would be in, and we could get a true West and a true East going as a conference realignment, ten and ten. Yeah, but then it'd be like, why even leave? I don't know. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I'm guessing those two will go to the Mountain West and probably do really well for programs that like they're they're good. You know, yeah. they they go in there, they they have a good shot to you know be be the top of that conference and because it's a Power Four now, that could be the next Power Five conference Mountain West. It could, but man, like they got a lot of work to do. They do. They definitely do. Five. Um. So I guess looking at you know we're talking about all these conferences. I guess we'll just jump into it now. You know, so it's SEC, Big Ten. You know, the Pac-12 is no more. The ACC, it's more of a basketball conference, if you can even say that anymore. <laughs> but so I guess if you throw the two conferences, you know, head-to-head, you know, you're thinking the Big Ten is now superior to the SEC. Yeah, definitely. And it's not. I don't even think it's close right now. Okay. Uh, and the reason I say it's not even close is simply because of California. Mm-hmm. California, like I like I previously previously said, has so many recruits. It is not funny. The state uh, the state itself has so many recruits. It's not funny. You could say that about Texas as well. So it somewhat offsets, I guess, with with the SEC now getting Texas. But with uh, the Big Ten also getting Oregon. Yeah, like all that money from Nike is now coming into the Big Ten, 
The Big Ten's going to get an exclusive deal with Nike now. They're going to get an exclusive deal. Yeah, um, I'd be on the other side of that. You know, I, I still think what that did, you know, for the Big Ten, it was like someone used a comparison to like a, a cheap bag of chips. Like if you don't like barbecue chips, but they're on sale compared to like your normal flavor, like, hey, yeah, I'll just pick up the barbecue chips because they're discounted. You like they're like, all right, they're available, so we'll pick them up. But then you look at the SEC bringing in Oklahoma and Texas, it makes so much sense, actually. Because they're the, I mean, they're the most, they, they probably, their programs are worth the most. So you bring them into the SEC, geographically it makes sense. You know, I, I still think, I don't see a world where the Big Ten actually overtakes the SEC in the near future. You know, maybe, you know, maybe down the line. But we pulled it up here. Um, I mean, the SEC, one, two, three, four. Five, six, six college college football championships since the uh, integration of the playoff system. Yeah, um, obviously I mean, the SEC I have said was the major conference, but I don't think they're going to be that moving forward. Like I said, California has a ton of recruits, great recruits coming out of the state of California. On top of that, okay. On top of all those great recruits, you have Nike giving all that money away, and they're going to give it to the Big Ten exclusively. And, yes, geographically, those teams are far away from the main part of the Big Ten. Okay. But what does that do? You are now going to get coverage of college football, and let's just go central time zone, from around 10 a.m., or even nine, if you want to call it college game day, if you want to watch, you know, college game day on yeah. ESPN, you're going to get it from nine, all the way possibly past midnight. Yeah, and solely Big Ten games too. And so, yeah, solely Big Ten, and then obviously the coverage beforehand, a little bit of college game day and all that good stuff. So you're going to get all that coverage of Big Ten, uh, Big Ten games like what. If you're a Big Ten fan, I am so hyped for this right now. I am going to get to see more football than I have ever gotten to experience in my life. I love it. I am so for it, so down for it. Uh, there's, I don't see a bad side to these teams coming in whatsoever. I think they're going to overthrow the SEC because we're going to be on longer. You're going to see the Big Ten longer. The SEC might have one game where compared to us having four good games. So it might be an Alabama versus Texas where Texas somehow comes back and is really good with another good quarterback, say, in two years or whatever. Manning. Um, yeah, yeah, Manning. Uh, so, and they're in a fight in Tuscaloosa, let's say, and that's the that's the mid, midday game. And at that time, it could be Penn State and Michigan watch and playing. Yeah. And then at night, it could be Ohio State, USC out on the West Coast. And our early game was Oregon and uh, – Oregon, Michigan State, or Oregon and Iowa. Yeah, so your main thing, from what I'm getting, is you're getting all this coverage. Um, the exposure in itself will lead to more success. Is oh, kind of is kind of what you're okay. Yeah, which I, I could see it. You're I could see it, but because, not in the near future. I just can't. I don't. Oh no! It's gonna the, take. It's well, gonna be a the process. Big Ten. It's gonna be a process. Oh, I don't think it will be though, because the Big Ten has set itself up for success. 
And what I mean by that is, and and this we'll get into this a lot more later, but the recent surgence of now Michigan and Ohio State both being great power fives. That's been able to give the Bank 10 more donors, more sponsors, more TV rights, more media rights, more exposure, and a lot more commercials. I don't know if you noticed, but like, there's a lot more commercials in college football now. And Michigan games are a ton more compared to the worth that we were five years ago. All that's doing is helping the Big Ten because they're getting they're getting money off that. They're getting so much money off. Yeah, that. Yeah, but where's that money going? To the media rights? Is that, yeah, is that kind but, of what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, it, like it's well, going it goes, back into itself. It goes well. It goes back into itself. It also goes back into the teams. It goes, you know, it it, it funnels itself around. I believe within the Big Ten and within within the teams and within the universities themselves, it'll funnel into them. Um, and the only thing it's going to do is help the big 10. Yes. That's all it's going to do. This is people say, and you've been saying this left and right. Oh, it doesn't make sense for them to go all the way out West. Why doesn't it? Cause why dude, doesn't it make sense? It makes perfect sense. I don't know, dude. That's like, that's like non-conference games, man. That's why you go out west for no, a conference what matchup, are you about? dude. I mean, okay. So I guess for the teams that were already in the Big Ten, yeah, you're traveling out there maybe two, three times for football, and you know we'll kind of talk about the other sports as well, but we'll we'll keep it on football, football focus. Um, so you're going out there twice, maybe three times a year, right? Yeah, that's not too bad. But then you think about the four teams that just joined, all those teams out west. I mean, they're playing. 75% of their games in the Midwest and out East cross country, like week well, by week basis. I mean, we'll see how it plays out it, it, for football. It's not that big of a deal. You have one game a week, you know, and, and it might take a toll a little bit, but yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And that's why, you know, the sec bringing in those teams, it, everything makes sense. The play styles, we can talk about that too. You know, the play styles of Texas and Oklahoma, you know, it, it, it is a little more offensive minded, I would say. Um, then the SEC, because SEC, I think, you know, the, the best teams have great offense, great defense. Um, but Texas, I, at least, you know, they, they're on the upturn. Oklahoma will come back. I know they had a mid-year, but you look at, and we'll keep it on the play style here. So Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA. I mean, we, we could both agree it's a more of an offensive conference that was oh yeah 100 percent uh i'm not saying that these games are going to start off close when they first join the conference yeah no of course i yeah, think and I'm the not... middle and the lower part of the big 10 they'll be able to match up with relatively well but penn state ohio state michigan even iowa i think is going to be a bad matchup for them iowa wisconsin those are going to be bad matchups for these these teams coming in. And Urban Myers said this. Joel Klatt has said this. Uh, quoting major media and analysts. The problem with the teams from the Pac-12 joining the Big Ten is not their skill position players. They match up very well on the perimeter. Match up very well at quarterback, at running back. It's not those positions they struggle with getting out west. It's the big boys up front. The Big Ten is a powerhouse because we get Midwest farm boys 
that come in, stay in the Midwest, and go play that are 300-pounders that are huge, massive grizzly bears just wanting to rip somebody's head off. And the Pac-12, on average, is around two to three, one and a half to two inches smaller and 50 pounds lighter Yeah, on their offense-defensive lines. And it, it shows. And Urban Myers said this when he's played teams out west before in the playoffs and in bowl games. He has openly said, where do we match up best? Well, on the perimeter, we're pretty even. Special teams, pretty even. Line of scrimmage, we got to beat. We're good. Yeah. They ain't getting to our quarterback, and we're going to get to theirs. This ain't a matchup. So, yeah, that'll lead into kind of the next point. What's going to give? And I know we kind of talked about it yesterday a little bit. You know, in terms of are we going to see – you're already seeing Wisconsin – Bring a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. They're looking to like start an air raid attack. You bring in Tanner Mordecai. You know Iowa hasn't changed at all. I don't see them changing, but I think of like Illinois. You know the team like that. Like that. That they're they're built on the trenches. They're built on their big guys. But is that going to be able to win you football games if those skill position players out of the Pac-12 are just that much better? So what's going to give you think in terms of? Is our schools in the Big Ten going to focus more on, you know, bringing in these four, three, four-star wide receivers, air raid attack? Or are you going to see the Pac-12 kind of start to open up their recruitment to those, what you're saying, those Midwest areas, try to get some bigger bodies? You know, understand that if you want to win a football game in the Big Ten, you got to be able to run the football. All right, well, let me start with this. Why did those Pac-12 teams come to the Big Ten? They had to. Right, but why specifically the Big Ten? Why didn't they go to the Big 12? Why didn't they go to the SEC? Why didn't they go to the ACC? The reason why is because of the big bodies. They're going to give first. Okay. When they go go into bowl games, they are so undermatched to everyone else, it's not even funny. They need to be able to get into a foothold in a conference where they can recruit at a high level and get interior offensive and defensive linemen. They have to. Yeah, which Um, you could say – because I think, yeah, their landing spots would have been a Big 12, Big 10. You obviously go Big 10. So yeah, so you're saying, yeah, you're thinking the Pac-12 will kind of open up. Those four schools, I mean, the Pac-12 ain't no more. Right. So those those four schools, you're, they're probably going to be looking, you know, to kind of change their play style. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, try to compete with the Big 10 instead of the Big 10 competing with them. I think that's a good way to put it, too. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, will, they are going to be trying to get their recruitment in schedules uh, as quickly as possible. Reason for it is when they come and these four teams start playing in the Big Ten and they specifically start playing away games in the middle of the central part of the Big Ten, say Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Indiana, uh, Michigan, anything, any of those, any of those states or teams or universities, they need to be able to show that they can. They're right there, but they just need they need you, right? They when when you have a recruit coming to that game, hey, I need you. I need you on my line to protect Caleb Williams. Okay, I need you, and that's what I think. What Lincoln Riley's going to do? That's what Chip Kelly's going to do, and that's what Oregon and Washington are going to do. And the reason they're going to do it is because they know it is hard to win football games. When you can't get to their quarterback and make him uncomfortable, but they can get to yours 
and hurt him. Yeah. And Caleb Williams runs for his life right now, and they're in the Pac-12. Yeah. You know, and, like, obviously the Pac-12 is is going to be discontinued after this season, but – which is also be I'm excited to watch too. Just don't yeah, have just, keep going. Just, My bad. Yeah, no, you're good. Awesome. Uh, just one last season in the Pac-12. It's going to be interesting to see who wins it, right? Because this is this is going to be a big year for the last year is the Pac-12. I think all these teams are going to give it their all. Uh, just to say we had that last championship in the Pac-12. Yeah. Right. Right. In that last yeah. last 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 little leg of the Pac-12. So that's going to be an interesting watch. But if if your teams, this is why Lincoln Riley went to USC. If Lincoln Riley did not go to USC, why would he have left Oklahoma? You're going to a major conference that the Big 12, when he left Oklahoma, was kind of falling apart with some of their media rights and some of their ideas and their teams not necessarily competing to the level that they needed to to be essentially relevant within the world of the college football playoffs. And that's what Lincoln Riley wanted to do. He wants to be relevant in the college football playoffs. So why would he have went to the Pac-12? Because that's even lower than the Big 12 at that point. He had a better shot to win. He had a better shot to win, but at the same time, USC was such a dumpster fire. I mean, USC was bad for so many years there after Pete Carroll left, and they were just a complete dumpster fire with allegations of giving money to recruits like Reggie Bush. And, you know, there was a lot of years there where USC was just a complete tire fire. But what does it do do for him? He ha- I, I almost – I believe in my heart when, when they offered him the job at USC, they said, we're going to get you into the Big Ten. We're going to go to the Big Ten. Yeah, because it would have been – he's only been there for Because they announced it year? last year. Yeah, or they two announced, years. One year they announced years. it. Almost right after he got hired, because last year was his first year. Yeah, let me make sure. I just want to make sure we're saying which that would make sense because you know this isn't something that developed overnight. No, for I, any of these teams, I because last year was his first year because he brought Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams ultimately won the Heisman. Everyone thought they were going to be completely terrible other than Caleb Williams, and then they went on an absolute tear other than when they played Utah. Okay, yeah. So twenty one. Yep. So would that be? So they brought him in. Brought him in uh, 21. in 21, and last year would have been his first 22. year. Is 22. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, he, yeah, so they probably knew they were leaving. And, yeah. and you know, that goes back because they opened the door for the rest of the Pac-12, I think, um, USC and UCLA, mm-hmm. um, which, if you didn't know, um, the, uh, from what we've heard, the reason that they left, I'm not sure if we talked about it, was that uh, – did, did we talk about the commission slash incentive? No, no, we didn't. We need to talk about that, though. So – you know, the Pac-12 had been struggling with their uh, media rights. It was just like gaff after gaff. Every, pretty much every decision they made ended up turning out bad. Oh, yeah. Um, so, to, you know, to save some money or, or make it more of an even playing field, um, they told USC, UCLA, who probably generated the most money, hands down, that it would be a baseline instead of, you know, they get, they're get their fair share since mm-hmm. they provide, they get so much attention. They bring in a lot of money. So they told them, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Everyone's going to make the same amount. They didn't like that, so they came here to the Big Ten because they also just didn't have anything in place for them. Apple TV, who's going to watch Pac-12 football on Apple TV? Who's going to pay to see that? I, I know I wouldn't. You I, could tell me it was 99 cents. I wouldn't pay for it. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, like, you know, it's they're, they're, it's good football, but it's just like, I don't know. That's, that's Is it good stuff. football, though? Uh, it's like. just the ones you turn on, and it's like, 
yeah, Washington State and Utah, and it's like the fourth quarter, like 45 to 48 with two minutes left, and you see like three scores in the last five minutes. Like, that's Pac-12 football to me. Yeah. Which it's, it's, elect- it's fun to watch, but and then if you sit back, you're like, all right. That's all. Like one, one every two weeks. The only like, time yeah, Pac-12 football yeah. was good to watch was it was eleven o'clock. There was no other games on. Exactly. And you turn yeah. it on and they're they're at halftime, and it's already 35, 38, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll just watch this till midnight when the bars close down. Yeah. So I guess in that aspect, I'm excited. Maybe maybe they'll bring an extra spark to the Big Ten because I guess like I enjoy sometimes if it's not my team watching the. 14 to 10 games too oh yeah i mean those are incredibly interesting too but that's just kind of what we grew up with too that's what we grew up watching yeah and well you're still going to get that like they're like illinois is not going to change their identity because because these teams are illinois is going to stay the same wisconsin yeah they're they changed coaches so they're obviously going to change identities michigan state's not changing their identity they want to be a good defensive team michigan is not changing their identity we're gonna be a great defensive team Ohio State, they might have to change a little bit. But I'm also biased because I'm a Michigan fan, and I don't like that team down south. That's fair. So, okay, so now we can talk about, since we kind of led into it again, you know, the Illinois, the Wisconsins, but they're not going to change their play style. What about the Indianas? The Indianas, I could. could, uh, The middle of the pack, even Rutgers. Rutgers, well, they're just— Maryland. Maryland, I I see on the up and up because— They've kept the same coach. They're getting better recruits year in and year out. They're starting to slowly show it on the field. Last year, they actually had a not terrible year. Yeah, no, no. I totally They actually agree. had a pretty good year last year. Uh, Tulia Tagalavailoa is a pretty good quarterback. I just don't think he has the protection he needs, and he doesn't have some of the weapons that if he would have went to somewhere like Ohio State, he would have easily – this year I think Tulia would have been – starting quarterback and he literally looked like a Heisman runner up yeah no and and I'm not taking that from Maryland I guess my point is he's gone next year right you know so and then you add these four teams so you assume they're probably gonna play two or three of them two of them one of one or two yeah Did they switch to that 10 it, yeah. 10 game conference so if they, hmm. what does that mean for bowl success then for these teams I'd be I'd be kind of upset if I'm a, if I'm a Maryland fan who yeah we've just had some recent success but now it's like the odds are now against you. Are they though? Yes. I mean, those fourteen, those well, four programs are, are on. more sound than you know. F- from uh, you know what I'm talking like. No, because well, listen, because next year when they join the the Big Ten, they're kind of all on even playing field. It's kind of funny, but they all are. Other than someone like Ohio State, because Kyle McCord's going to come back. Drew, and, well, in Penn State, Drew Aller's probably going to come back too next year. Uh, but if if you look at it and the team's coming in, they're probably all going to lose their quarterbacks, right? Like Washington has 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 a dark horse for the Heisman this year, um, and I believe you know his name, so we'll get to him in a little bit. But uh, Washington has a dark horse. He's probably going to go to the NFL. Oh, Penix, Michael Penix. Michael Penix, that's the name. Thank you. Yes. Uh, he's a dark horse for the Heisman. He's played really well late last year. Uh, Caleb Williams – He's going to the NFL. If he'd be stupid to stay and not go to the NFL after this year. Even if he had a crappy year, he'd be stupid to stay. Uh, and then Bo Nix. Bo Nix, is, this is his last year of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Dude's been in college for, for too long. Yeah, way too long. Uh, 
He's like an Iowa player. It's so funny with him. I'm sorry, but I have to make fun of this real quick. It's fair. He's he's kind of a meme. It's like it's it, no it's like an Iowa him. player. Yeah. You know, like that one Iowa fullback, fullback who's been in college for seven years and gotten three red shirts and you know, and it's like now I'm getting my start and I get to go smash into these linebackers, man. Like yeah. that that's Bo Nix at quarterback, but uh, you know they're gonna lose him. And UCLA, they're starting a true freshman this year, so they're going to keep him. But UCLA has always been overshadowed by USC. You know, UCLA really hurts to get recruits, especially last year when they had Dorian Thompson-Robinson against Caleb Williams. and That was a great game. But if UCLA would have won that game, I think UCLA would have maybe turned a page and been able to chip would have been able to get a lot of those California recruits like I've already talked about, get them to stay in UCLA territory instead of go to USC. But they're not quite there yet. And, you know, someone like, like a Rutgers or an Indiana. There's no way you can North sit Western. here and tell me that these teams are going to be better off. They are because Rutgers they're getting more been... opportunities to recruit. They're going to be able to show their name oh. to these West Coast recruits. Tell you, they're going to get more. Re- Rutgers okay. can't even recruit in the Midwest. I understand they that. They ain't going to be getting no one from California. They're not. You don't know that, not. though. Yes, I do. They're no. not. Oh, you don't know that. It's though. Rutgers, man. And then who so, has heard of Rutgers out west? Exactly. Exactly. So their name isn't out there. They but, don't okay. know who they are. A simple Google search will tell you they are not good at football. They're not that great, but but this they is, can be. This gives them the opportunity to be good. In terms of bowl success, the outliers, I think you say this from a spot. Michigan will be fine. Correct. They'll probably still, Ohio State will be fine. Penn yep. State will be fine. Yep. I think Wisconsin will end up being fine. Yep. Iowa's a team. I could see them falling off. As an uh, Iowa fan, I could see them start to digress because that's a lot. Those are tough. Imagine playing. I'm telling you, Rutgers goes out to Washington, yep. a night game. They're not going to win that game. You know, so, I'm not saying they're going to win that game. I'm saying they're going to get exposure to but where that's, uh, they can get Rutgers, bad exposure. Rutgers. That's bad exposure. No, it, yes, it exposure is, is exposure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Rutgers is bad no matter what right now. They can't even recruit right out east or in the Midwest. So the the more exposure they can get, even if it's bad, they might be able to flip a three-star. And that's how they have to start. That's how you build a program is by starting with guys that are three-stars, and then you get maybe one or two fours. And then next year you do a little bit better because those four-stars kind of popped. And you got to keep them for next for another year, and maybe next the year after you get five four stars, and you know you get fifteen three stars, and you keep building on that success. And like I said, I never even mentioned three stars recruits in California, but there's a lot more. There's a lot. I and there's uh, a lot in, in Oregon too, in Washington, and you're just getting that exposure out west. Well, That's all you're doing. You're doing a. You're definitely hitting it with a glass half full type of mentality. But I mean, you gotta be. Really, you have to be listen, real with me right now. Like, I am being real. I don't, De- Delhi. Yes. Like, look at Missouri in the SEC. Correct. Why would you go to Missouri if you're in the SEC? Why would anyone go to Rutgers if you have these teams in the Big Ten? I'm talking recruitment, but I'm talking about adding these games with these new teams on their schedule. Mm-hmm. That is good. That's not good for them. Yes, it right is. Now, they went one and eight. With the teams that we had in their division, yeah, they got the top three, obviously Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. But Maryland, decent. Michigan State, I mean, they weren't very good. So, I mean, but they could beat Michigan State. They could beat Indiana. 
right. it's possible wins. Yeah. But then you're bringing great programs, and I think it hurts them. So I, I don't see I why Rutgers well, – Rutgers doesn't really have a say. And I, I don't want to keep talking about Rutgers because they probably shouldn't have even joined the Big Ten Nebraska. in the first place. Let's, yeah, let's talk about Nebraska. That's a great one. Yeah, Nebraska okay. – or Northwestern. Northwestern yeah. historically has been good the last couple of years. They don't Other have a coach. This, they, they don't, don't have, have a coach, coach now. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but look at Nebraska. So you come in. You're in the Big 12. One of the best – they used to be Alabama. Right. You know, great program. You kind of fall off a little bit. You have a couple of good years when you join the Big Ten, but you don't win the yeah. conference, right? And now they haven't had a winning season in like seven years. Right. So, I mean, well, part of that, that is Scott Frost. Yeah, Scott and, Frost and, and is not, turn, so, not, yeah. not the coach they needed to and have. I, I don't want to jump into, you know, specifics. I'm, I'm, as a whole, Nebraska will be on the upturn. But yes. I, Minnesota. I could see them really starting to struggle now. They've no. Had, they've had good success. Delhi, th- these teams will not PJ Fleck able- is a great recruiter, though. But they w- uh, You can talk about recruits all you want. It comes down to, and I, I, I'm struggling with the sane mind, how you can say adding four really good opponents, you know, two to your schedule, that that would be better off for your bowl success. Getting to six wins, that, Here, that's absurd. Here's the problem. You're saying four really good opponents, but you don't know if they're really good or if the Pac-12 was that bad. Because the Pac-12 has been a dumpster fire for 10 years. And yeah, USC, UCLA did pretty good last year in the Pac-12 other than Utah. All right, And so did Washington have some success, and so did Oregon. But they were the only teams that were like kind of okay and – the rest of the Pac-12, it, the whole Pac-12 itself was, has been a complete dumpster fire for so many years. And like I said, they're not going to match up on the offensive and defensive line with these teams. Even the bad teams in the Big Ten, I don't think they match up. And it's going to be very interesting very early. I think Minnesota is going to be perfectly fine. Rutgers should never have joined the Big Ten in the first place. That, that was not. So this hurts them. Well, they're not even really supposed to be in the Big Ten. They should be an FCS team, to be, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. It, it but in Indiana. <laughs> Indiana's, Indiana's, Indiana's going to be fine. They're going to be fine for football and basketball. They're going to be compl- – <laughs> I'm telling you, there's not one team in the Big Ten that I I, I am worried about these teams with them joining. They're just going to be more exposure, more possibility for recruiting. Because right now, you know who has, has all these recruits on lockdown? Georgia, Alabama. Screw it. And some yeah. USC. That, Let's that, not go to Alabama. Let's go to Indiana to play some football. Hey, if you're if, no, no if you're there's telling no me, if you're telling me right now, there's a chance I go to a team that's, that's going to very bad visit my home home state, play in my home state. I can have my family come to that game, and once there, this is another thing we're going to have to talk about is. NIL and the collectives, because this is also a huge part of this with these teams coming in. Uh, but if you're telling me if I was a recruit and I could see my family once a year from teams that were going to that state to play, yeah, I would definitely take it in a heartbeat. And I'll say this right now, uh, with the NIL, specifically collectives, Collectives are interesting, to say the least. The collectives essentially are paying for recruits at this point, right? Like I think you're going to play this right into my argument, but go ahead. No, no, I'm not. Okay. 
So if we look at the SEC collectives, like Georgia, like Alabama, like Texas, Texas is stupid with their collectives. They have so much oil money, it's not even funny. Why do you think Archer Manning went there? He's getting a million dollars a year. And it's local, too. He was from Texas. He was from Texas, but he's like... Yeah, I know. He's getting a lot of money. Oh, man. He's got a lot yeah. of money. You know what I'm saying? And so with the collectives now, the Big Ten, the only problem the Big Ten right now struggles with is some of these teams don't have their collectives in order. And Michigan really doesn't even have a collective in order. It's kind of a dumpster fire right now for the, for the majority of it. But the only thing that these four teams hurting coming in the Big Ten is the fact that they have a small advantage on the collectives because they somewhat have their collectives in order. Like, especially Oregon. Oregon really has a collective in order because yeah, that money. Nike guy just gives them all that money and Still he does Nike, not yeah. care. And USC has theirs in order pretty well too because they just get... I. This is another thing I heard. And this one, it was Urban Meyer and he was on a podcast, I believe. And he, was, he said, he's like, I won't name names, but I have heard of the collective from USC... And some donors donating in the millions to that collective. And that they have been on a bidding war for recruits. That is ridiculous. Yeah, and that that plays into my argument. They have a lot of money. Yeah, it does. They do have a lot. Indiana doesn't have an NIL for football. Michigan State probably doesn't have too much money. Iowa doesn't have a lot of money. Michigan State has more than you think, trust me. Well, even if they do, they don't have – I mean, yes, direct turnaround. Four teams, they might struggle in the beginning, but they have the found. You're telling me they have the foundations to really do a lot of things right, and that hurts the rest of the conference here. It hurts the mid team, mid major teams in this conference. I think it just makes it more better. I think it just makes it better. It's they might get better, but they'll still suck. They're gonna get better though. They're... It's all it takes is one year. One year, USC's bad, and you have a foothold in California. For yeah. recruits. I mean, we can roll with that. We can agree to disagree. I'm telling you. It, this is going to be... This is The only thing that this is going to do is be great. Because no matter what, there's always more recruits than there are roster spots for teams. Does that make sense? Yes. No, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down with the recruitment. So, if you're a recruit now with the collectives, the only thing they have to do is somewhat get their collectives in order. That's all these teams have to do. And they don't even have to be huge collectives. They just have to be little collectives. If you're a recruit and you're getting recruited by USC and you're getting recruited by Indiana, if you go to USC, you're going to get a little bit more money, but it offsets with how much everything is in California. Or you can go to Indiana, you get the same amount, and the taxes are lower. On top of that, when you go to USC, you're going to be the second to third string. You're going to have to wait one, two, maybe three years before you can even play or Indiana, you can go and show who you are. Okay, yes. So this one I do agree, and not even more so. NIL does play a, a, a part, yes. but with the transfer portal, yeah. I think you know these teams. Yeah, if USC, you know, they're getting all these guys, they ain't playing. You're looking to transfer. You know, we saw it um, this year. I know we we did get a lot from you know the SEC coming in. But I, I could name a handful of quarterbacks that, you know, went from a Michigan to Illinois, Brandon Peters. Yep. You know, McNamara. Yep. Um, so that part Joe I do. Joe Milton to Tennessee. Yeah, that part I do agree. But that was, at, like, 
out of conference. Right. Okay. So, yeah, no, so you. if you can get these guys, yeah, in the conference, I could see them benefiting maybe from that. But I see I, the outlier, the outlier, and the trend, I, I feel like doesn't help because it, it you want you want to make will. bowl games. It, it will. You want to make bowl games. Oh, man, do you really do you want to make bowl games or do you want to be within the within the twelve to who knows how many because they've been talking about expanding into even more college playoffs now. You want to be in the playoffs. Yeah, but realistically, you know, you know, you know, realistically you know, speaking. You know who's going to have a better chance of making more teams in the playoffs now? The Big Ten. Oh, yeah, 100%. But that, that'll that benefit the top half. That, I think that's where your mind's at. The top half it will be very good. And now Michigan has more of a chance to get these guys in California, like you're saying. Right. Ohio State has more of a chance. But I just – But here's yeah, the, that, that, okay, so the, here, the one thing with football, it does hurt. Those teams, and I feel like we've been going on too long about this, so I'll just kind of let you close it, okay. and then we can move on. Just to kind of like you're talking about the playoffs, I feel like that'd be something to talk about too. Okay, so for the playoffs, with uh, these four new teams coming in, now the Big Ten, arguably, okay, the traditional Big Ten, the East and the West. Obviously, the East you had Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and they try and kill each other to make one, maybe if we had a bad year in the SEC, two playoff spots, right? Okay, with uh, the expansion of the college football playoffs now, there's a possibility of the traditional Big Ten as it sits right now without these four teams coming in, okay, to get maybe two to three. I can only see three, and maybe it would be like a Penn State or like – a team from the West, like Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, had a really good year. Yeah. But I, I I see now with these four teams coming in, you're, everything is based on analytics, right? That's how they pick a lot of these teams. They don't go yeah. off of – they don't go off of feel. A lot of it's analytical, the Big Ten's numbers are going to be better yes. because they're going to have more recruits that are higher ranked, which is part of the reason you get selected over another team. Or strength of schedule. And strength of schedule. And all these different factors that come into this huge long algorithm that essentially make, right as of right now, the four teams, but eventually expanded to the 12. Right? Yeah, which they they... I just want to point out, too, they had six at-large bids for conference winners. Right. They're looking to change that right now because of the Pac-12. Yeah. So they're, like, from six to five, which would mean the Big Ten could sneak more. So yep. uh, we pulled up last year's here, and like you're saying, so they got the algorithms and stuff. But, yeah. you know, looking at the Big Ten, you would have got Penn State in. Yep. Washington, because Washington, oh, yeah. Washington would be in the Big Ten now. They were ranked 12th. Very true. Oregon yeah. was close. They would have been in the first four out. Yeah. And then Michigan, uh, and Ohio Michigan, State. Michigan, Ohio yeah. State. You could get three or four. Yep. Obviously. And as those at-larges, you'd probably actually lose Penn State and Washington. And because you probably go to five. Right. Which, but well, it would be a Big Ten team no, uh, but automatically. It, well, if, given. if you had the at-larges, you already have the at-larges in there. You have uh, ACC in Clemson. You have the SEC in Georgia, the Big Ten in Michigan, the Big 12 in TCU. And uh, who's the, who's the it's other? Like the, four, it, it's then, like the best of like the other conferences, I think. Is it? Okay. Like for the UCFs, you know, like when oh. they had their run, like Western Michigan I can think of. I believe. I'm not. So Actually, we would have had more teams because I didn't even see that. USC Southern California is right down there too. 
there's another Big Ten team that's coming in. Yeah. So we still would have had and and Oregon I think maybe could have taken Utah's spot because if 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 you're telling me Oregon had an early year loss, but if they were, if you were to tell Oregon, "Hey, guess what? You got 12 there's 12 playoff teams now." They would have fought a lot harder, I think. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, and they could have they could have maybe snuck in there. So you're talking about now with 12 and with how good the strength of schedule is with the Big Ten, uh, how good the recruiting is going to be in the Big Ten. Our, the algorithm favors the Big Ten now and the SEC, obviously. But the SEC, other than Georgia and Alabama, usually kills it, kills it, itself. Uh, Tennessee with, now, with though, the, I will say. Uh, They're on the upturn. E- they are on the small upturn, but they still – get killed by georgia and alabama they're like they're like the SEC. They Bama. they're like the penn state of the sec right now yeah they they're are right they're, there but they like still a, they still got a long way to yeah, go yeah it's like tier one and then yeah. tier two like, yeah but and it's like they're the only team in tier two <laughs> exactly you know yeah so I, I definitely pick up what you're laying down and then so yeah looking at that strength of schedule we already kind of touched on but let's dive in a little more really yeah. affects you know the college football playoff you know how are they gonna how are they gonna fix the conference schedule you say so you got 12 games right now it's three non-conference nine conference games right. i i anticipate that gets changed 10 to 10 two. And two i yeah yep 10 and two and you know they released the the schedule already for ucla and usc mm-hmm. that's but, gonna, all gonna have to get rewritten. yeah though, I so believe. i mean if they're they might have to change up the whole system too because you know you can't with those west teams like i'm saying you you guarantee a home and away mm-hmm. this will kind of touch on the traveling the traveling will play a factor um, you know, so I'm intrigued to see what they do um, with this. Do they keep the same format, or do they go to something else like this three protected opponent system? I think they would. I man, it would be tough. Uh, I think they you're going to have protected protected rivalry games no matter what. Yeah, Those are going of course like, you're going to have protected Michigan. Michigan is always going to play Ohio State and Michigan State. Yeah, there's just no way you don't play those games. Um, Iowa is always going to play Nebraska, Wisconsin. Yeah, you know all like, trophies. Those are those are trophy games. The Indiana, uh, Purdue. That's a big one. Yep, that's another big one. Um, oh, uh, sorry, uh, UCLA, USC. They're always going to play each other. Washington and Oregon is kind of an unsung rivalry. Now it definitely is. Yeah, I mean that's going to be when they were in the Pac-12 though. Like that was a rivalry. I think that that's a trophy game too. I could be wrong, but I think they have a trophy in that. Yeah, let me look it up. Um, but so, what if they went back to divisions with the geographical kind of issue that's been? Well, yeah, they could. So they could go back to divisions, and if they went to divisions, they have eighteen teams, so it would be nine per division, and then you'd play. I mean, that could work actually. You could play nine division games, and then one one cross division game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that could work. Uh, so it would be nine. So I think the the nine West teams would be the four West Coast. So USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. Yeah, Northwestern, Purdue, Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Ohio State, Maryland, <laughs> Rutgers, Penn State. Yeah, it's like it's tough because it's like it'll just lead That's to still, the same problems. Yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna have the same problems we did. This, you know, well, are we though? You know, that actually 
you think about that, that actually kind of helps the strength of schedule because you, you're moving Northwestern into the East. So the East now, as of right now, the East is obviously the superior. Yeah, hands down. I mean, it, it's hands down the superior side of the conference. Yeah, but with the addition of UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington, that brings some stiff competition to the West. Like now you have six teams in the West that are really, really good right now. And I, I don't want to say they're they're as good as Michigan or Ohio State, but they're they're that second tier second second tier for sure. I think um, they're maybe not as close as Penn State is, but they're pretty close. Um, in Iowa, USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon, I think they're, they're, they're all you run into more uh, issues though. You know? Yeah, because the West is really going to beat up on itself then, too. And it's just going to have to go everywhere. They're going to have to go everywhere. Yeah. They have to go out west. I, I think you west. just need to do it. Do away with divisions. Uh, and just roll with the same format. Yep, and we just need to have protected games against the protected rivals, against the protected trophy games. Was that uh Washington-Oregon game a trophy game? It's not a trophy game, but it is a rivalry. Okay. Like, it is a pretty big okay. rivalry. So, yeah, bringing that over will be – obviously, any rivalry game is fun to watch. Right. Even if both teams suck or one team sucks and one doesn't. Because, you know, sometimes – it's interesting. Stuff happens. Yeah. Look at Michigan State, Michigan. The yeah. fumbled, fumbled punt when we should have. Oh, yeah, should have the snap. Yeah, we should have won that, and that's still. That one doesn't hurt as bad as the Ohio State chain game. Same uh, year after. Oh yeah, but yeah, when we we couldn't stop JT. From yeah, that's still up getting, for debate. I see it on Big Ten Network, but yeah. So yeah, so. Shoot, I mean that's like everything we were looking to talk about. I think in this one, you yeah. know. We kind of did get carried away on the the mid-major teams, but I don't know. We'll agree to disagree on that. We'll save yeah. it for another time. We'll, 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 we'll come back to that, I think. That's, that's a good good topic to come back to in a later discussion. Obviously, this first episode, wanted to talk about the new Big Ten, right? Uh, we got a huge Big Ten conference now with 18 teams coming in. and Well, four teams coming in and 18 now, now total being within our conference. And... You know, I think I think we'll we'll benchmark this. We'll probably talk about it maybe mid season again yeah. if we want to make another episode about that. Uh, but the next couple episodes, I'm really excited for. Really, really excited for. Yes, uh, yeah, very true. So um, this is kind of the kickoff for um, the Big Ten season here and Duma Sports, kind of you know testing some waters. Uh, just going to throw some content your guys' way, and we do appreciate you tuning in. Um, you know, collectively here in the next about week. We got some previews coming. We're going to actually preview the whole season, every team um, in the next one. And then we're going to deep dive into a couple of te- our personal teams for now. And then, you know, if things go well and, you know, we'll just keep rolling with it. But, yeah, so for now, um, I guess that's all we got. Um, definitely subscribe, like, you know, follow all that stuff. Uh, we're on Instagram, X slash Twitter. Still weird. Um, Got to love the X. Yeah. So if you drop a follow on there, um, we're going to throw out weekly power rankings probably throughout the whole season. So, yeah, definitely tune in. And uh, thanks for watching, Deli. Sully. Sign her off. And thank you for watching Big Ten Football Junkies presented by Duma Sports.